Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Seattle to Unknown. I am Melinda. And I am Sarah, hopefully with less technical difficulties than last time. Yeah, for everybody, because you guys are the ones that don't know, this is episode 32, take two, or 32-2, as we've been calling it. As we've been calling it for all of the last 30 seconds. Shh. <laughs> don't ruin the fun. Yeah, so technical difficulties, that's always fun, but um, here we are with episode 32, bigger and better than ever, because we've practiced it. Yeah, that's what podcasts <laughs> need more of, practice. Podcast practice, yeah, that's great. But to our credit, we have not had to re-record an episode in like five months. Like not since the beginning so much, so that's kind of nice. I'm not sick of this one yet. <laughs> there was one episode that we did three times i think and by the end i hated it yeah agreed and i'm like i don't want to talk about this anymore <laughs> go home uh anyways uh cocktails i don't really have a cocktail cocktail we are doing something a little unusual and that's recording on a sunday and so i couldn't go out and go shopping because everything is closed on sunday but I found in a drawer one last pocket coffee. And so I've got a candy full of coffee and hopefully that'll keep me awake. In fairness, though, I would like to say that she knew this was going to happen. This is true. But since since the OG 32 just dropped off the face of the world and said, no, I'm too good. Dumb it down. This is a homework weekend. I have homework due every other weekend. And so I've just been strapped to my computer all weekend. But pocket coffee. It's like coffee, but with chocolate, but not the coffee with chocolate that you're thinking of. It's a different coffee with chocolate mm, gritty coffee and coffee gritty coffee and coffee chocolate you know what i mean i'm still gonna judge i got a pocket got a pocket full of coffee that's like a pocket full of sunshine in my book same thing yeah anyway exactly. what have you got i have a sneak preview drink a sneak preview yeah um this isn't coming out till like summer of next year Ooh. but i have a sample i have something that you're not gonna like either uh it's cold brew tea it's slightly sweet tropical mango and black tea and it's all certified organic. Why wouldn't I like that? Because it's iced tea. I like black tea. I just don't like Nest tea or like Arizona tea. That's not real. This exactly. is the pure leaf one. That's my point is the stuff that most people think of as iced tea is just kind of junky sugar water. That's good. It's still sweeter than I'd like. I like unsweetened teas better, but ooh, it's nice and mango-y. <laughs> It'd be better if it was unsweetened, but that's good. Now I have to wait until summer for more. <laughs> Just savor it. One sip a day, one teeny tiny sip, and you could spread that out pretty far. I'm not saying it's good by the last few sips, but you don't have to wait until then. It's cool. It's good until February. It's fine. See? I'm sure that's not after it's opened, but... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, be better and sweeten, but hey, not bad. I'll take it. Uh, news updates? I, it's hard to tell what we talked about in other episodes and what we did in episode 32, but. It's cool. I'm, Sometimes it's okay to just emphasize the important things. I'm fairly certain my update in the bygone last lost episode was the shoes that I got off of Facebook. Yeah. So I'll quick refresher. Someone on a Facebook travel group said that they had a pair of travel shoes. They didn't want them and they were going to give them away for free if you make a donation to in an obstetric charity that served Ethiopia. Let's hear you and say that five times fast. Obstetric charity that serves Ethiopia. Yeah, no, I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> Quit while you're ahead. That's my motto. You should have used that sooner, kid. <laughs> 
So it turns out it was completely on the up and up. I got my pair of shoes. They fit perfectly. So it was a pair of Tropic Feel Monsoons, which is the first version of the shoe that they put up on Kickstarter. And so far, I really like it. They're mesh, so they're super breathable, but it makes me wonder if they're durable. Like mesh materials on your feet, which are constantly moving, I feel like it might tear, but I currently don't have any evidence to back that up. I think they're comfortable for in the city, but I wouldn't hike in them, despite the fact that they're advertised as being an adventure shoe and that you can hike and swim and boat and whatever in them. I Hiking might be too intense. Yeah, I think hiking is too intense for the material. I also think that they, so they, the heel on them has an elastic band that keeps them snug, but the shoelaces are also elastic, but the elastic there is way too loose. Like the shoelaces are easily three inches too long to keep them snug on your foot. So a little problematic. Yeah, you can shorten them, I'm sure, by tying knots, but then it's not going to look so hot because tying by hand looks very different than like a factory tied knot. So if you high kick, you're just going to launch that shoe? I don't know if I would. I just, I feel like it's not snug enough. It's not quite going to fly off, but if you're hiking, you want your foot, your shoe to be snug. Not tight, but fitted. Something that's not going to fly off. Yeah, um, I don't dislike them and I will keep wearing them because especially in the summer, my feet get stinky and gross. So the little breeze through it is probably going to be quite helpful. It's not just the summer. Why are we talking about feet so much lately? I have no idea. Good lord, I just realized that. But essentially, good shoes, maybe not worth the price tag. But it's a Kickstarter thing, so maybe as you gain more ground, the prices can come down. Yeah, and they have a second version. The Monsoon is the original, and the second one... I don't remember what it's called, where they kind of learned from some of the mistakes. The shoelaces are tightenable, so you can, instead of having a firm knot, there's like a, a stopper at the lace that you can cinch in a little bit. And it also has drainage holes, which seems like a huge oversight to have not included in the first round. Like, these are shoes you can swim in, but they don't drain. Good luck. You just take your shoe off and then you pour it. It's yeah, a little well, teapot. That's, that's the funny thing is the insoles have holes in them so that the water can pass through, but it, it's just passing through to a solid sole. Like now you've got- There's sh- no, uh, yeah, okay. It's got to have a way all the way through if you're going to put drainage holes in inside of it. Good thing they made a second one. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think they're probably pretty decent. My experiences thus far have been positive, but I think they're in 89 euros. Okay, so- It's on this- It's not the steepest price I've ever seen no, for a shoe, but but it's a it's a little up there. But I mean, yeah. if it can do everything that they're advertising it to, then it's a pretty solid investment for travel and whatnot. I'll also say they are ultra light. I think they said a single shoe was seven ounces, and so wow. if you're packing ultra light, that's something to consider. Or if you don't like heavy shoes, like me, yeah, I'd cool. let you try them on. But I've got giant feet, and you have normal human feet. That is right. <laughs> All right, so let's take a break from talking about feet because we're going to mention that later in today's episode. (laughs) What's your update? Do I have an update? I don't know. Do you? Um, For my birthday, I got to see the Dropkick Murphys play. So that was pretty rad. And I wasn't the oldest one in the crowd. So that was even better. (laughs) Congratulations. You know, you get that fear. Like you're you're doing things that you did in your early teens and 20s and then you're over 30 and you're like, am I too old for this? Nah. Yeah, that was the final assumption. It's like, nope, I'm not into the pit we go. (laughs) Ha ha ha. 
So. I'm just picturing you and Ashley like joining hands and frolicking into the heart of the mosh pit. Dude, we kind of did. And it's like, let's go. We're going in. <laughs> but yeah, it was super cool show. Weirdest freaking lineup they had with them. And that was their tour. Oh, yeah? Yeah, they had um, Hatebreed with them and Clutch and some like solo emo opener guy. But I'm not quite sure who Clutch is because they didn't really seem to know who they were. They seemed like a mix of like <laughs> things from the 90s. Like there's a little Lane Staley going on and some like James Hatfield when he's still drinking smoke. I mean, it wasn't bad. It's just very confusing on like where they're supposed to fit into things. And then Hatebreed's just metal. <laughs> and then, I see like, those things all going together so well. Yeah, though. with uh, like an Irish punk headliner. <laughs> It was very confusing. It was weirdest lineup. And that's how they toured. Hmm. Yeah. Someone didn't plan that out well. Or somebody just pulled names out of a hat. <laughs> hey, are you available? Let's go. I pull this out. Britney Spears. Do you think we can get her? I feel like we can't get her. Let's put her back in the hat. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, whatever. It was totally fun. Totally worth it. Well, happy late birthday. Yay. It's super late now too. How many times have I wished you happy birthday now? Ooh, not enough. And I'm pretty sure you've been sober for all of them so i'm really disappointed <laughs> for melinda's birthday several years ago it fell over the same time i was on a company trip and by company I- trip she means like company binge drinking party yeah you say that like it's a bad thing but so i wished her happy birthday the day before her birthday said no hey. it was like two days before you were super early then you were on time and then you were super late and i could not remember having wished her happy birthday the first two times so by the time it was the third one i'm nearly in tears feeling like a horrible person because i missed my favorite person's birthday damn right and uh you sent me screen caps as evidence of all the times i had wished you happy birthday because it was funny because you were early on time and really late (laughs) you had all your bases covered and you felt guilty it was fantastic i felt so guilty i was miserable when i realized that i hadn't wished you happy birthday and i apparently was too lazy to scroll back to see that I had in fact done it. When you finally sobered up. (laughs) Yeah, that's that's my favorite. (laughs) That was my favorite. So now I wish her happy birthday as many times as possible to make sure I cover all my bases again. It's cool. It can be birthday month. I'm fine with that. Oh, don't be a person who says it's my birthday month. My old boss used to call in favors during her birthday for an entire month. I'm not 12, so I don't need to wear like a sash that says it's my birthday. Can we get you a little crown? No. I got Moose a crown. It's almost his birthday. It's next month. I am judging so hard right now. Oh, he's going to be so cute. I'm also getting him a doggy cake. Oh, good lord, that poor boy. Remember how the new food treated his insides? <laughs> yeah, but this is really just made out of dog food. It'll be fine. Yeah, that was made out of dog food too. And look how tragic that became. Did we really somehow go from feet to dog poop? Yep. Okay, moving on. <laughs> Sarah, I hear you have a, a non-poop and food, poop and foot related new story for us. I do. So there is a town in Sardinia, Italy called, and I'm guessing at this, so don't judge, Baunai. It looks like Brunei, but with an A where the R would be. And they have a little issue and they've decided to solve this issue in a way that doesn't seem like it's going to work. But you know what? More power to them. Do what you want. So the city of Baunai is up in a mountainous rural area with a lot of rugged hiking trails, narrow 
roads, alleys, basically challenging areas to pass through in a motor vehicle. And they've decided that the source of their issue is Google Maps. Google Maps keeps telling (laughs) tourists to take turns that their car cannot fit down or onto roads that their car cannot travel. And uh, so what they've done is they put up signs all over their city that say no Google Maps. Problem number one with these signs is that these signs are in Italian. What? You don't know Italian for no Google Maps? Well, it's probably like 20 words <laughs> instead of like Google Maps with a slash through it. No, it's all written out, which seems a little counterintuitive. One would think if you're having an issue with tourists using Google Maps and getting lost, though tourists are probably not Italian and putting the signs in English would probably be better, but uh, what? no, it's cool. You do you let them run the c test and see if it gets any better i guess but the interesting thing i guess it's not the interesting thing the reason that this happened is because in the last year they have had to go out and rescue 144 different tourists who've gotten trapped in various locations one of which well i guess two people were in a very very expensive porsche that did a little off-roading and instead of staying on the road went down a hiking trail you know i hear them porsches were meant for for um, all-terrain ruggedness. <laughs> yeah, Who says you can't be bougie and rugged? <laughs> nothing says hiking. Nothing says all-wheel drive quite like a speedster. <laughs> It's fine. Don't worry about it. They're built to last. Yeah. Well, and the interesting thing is they said that they were banning Google Maps, but they haven't actually gone to Google to have it shut off. So there are plenty of countries where Google Maps just doesn't work for various reasons because they petitioned to Google to have it shut off. But this town hasn't been able to do that, nor have they actually gone into Google Maps and made the edits necessary to have these turns corrected because it's entirely possible to go into Google and suggest, hey, don't have people turn here because that's a footpath or don't have people turn there because it's an alley that's only a foot across you can do that they just haven't done it yeah and maybe maybe someone will hear this and help them (laughs) please help them but the article i read ended with a quote from the mayor saying the old paper maps are better or better still hire one of our local expert guides from our area Ooh, building tourism as Mm -hmm. a business there it's very clever like hey just pay someone to sit in your car with you and we'll tell you hey don't turn into that alley Hey, that's for cats. And you're not a cat, so don't go down there. (laughs) It just reminds me of the episode of The Office where Michael Scott listens to his GPS and drives into a lake. Yes! And he sees it coming and he's like, I've got to go. It's what Google says. (laughs) Yeah. But don't forget, if you ever get lost and you have a paper map, just put it down and get into the map. Yep, that's what Joey does. It's good problem solving. What can I say? Uh, but it's a, an interesting thing to think about. I think I've said the word interesting 14 times in the last two minutes. How do you um, feel about this? Not great. Um, But it's a good reminder of the fact that Google Maps is fallible. So take your advice from Google, but take it with a grain of salt. Sometimes Google leads you through a dark alley in London that's only two feet across and the people who you're guiding keep asking can we turn around and you keep saying but google says it's a little bit further and then they get mad at you yes this did happen from my experience it was terrible google let us down easily like a three block long alley and it was super creepy just like sarah sometimes google doesn't know how to drive (laughs) (laughs) if you see signs in italy that have a google maps logo on it but everything's in italian they might be telling you to turn off your maps. They're telling you, screw Google, don't do it. Which, you know, could be a pet peeve when Google uh, leads you astray while you're traveling. Uh, uh, I see what uh, you did there. Uh. Uh. 
Guess what you're talking about today? It's travel pet peeves. And when we say travel pet peeves, we're, we're not going to talk about um, things that are outside of people's control, like crying babies, fat shaming, complaints about snoring. Those are just facts of life, really, honestly. So um, these are going to be actions that someone can't really control. Can control. They can control. Whoopsies. And uh, things people probably shouldn't do, but they do it anyways. For starters, let's go with pet peeves that are of your own creation, usually due to your own poor planning. For instance, having to wait in line for the one washer at a hostel. You thought, oh, you know what? I'm just going to have a nice quiet night, get all my laundry done, no big deal. And then you go there and there's a lineup of six people. Like, Well, crap. Didn't think this through. Probably should have done done my laundry at an off hour. Oops. Now you're going to have dirty clothes for one more day. Or just waiting in line. You don't get to be mad because you didn't plan ahead and now you have to wait in line. Well, you can be mad. You just have to be mad at yourself. Yeah. And not take it out on other people. If it's a big attraction, if it's a world wonder attraction, there's probably going to be lines. Try and see if you can find a way to get advanced tickets online so Mm -hmm. then you don't have to wait as much. Or you put on your big traveler pants and you wait like an adult. Yeah. And just because it's the day of doesn't mean you can't get online tickets for some attractions. For instance, again, when I was in London for another trip, I was there with my sister and her family and whatnot. And we got in line for Westminster Abbey, but the line was wrapping around the building and zigzagging back and forth in the courtyard. And my sister whips out her phone, buys tickets, and we go straight in from there. Mm -hmm. So behold, the power of the Webernets. The Webernets. Are you my dad? No, that's weird. Yeah, or sometimes, depending on where you're at, maybe they're a big dining culture where most people aren't out and about doing stuff at lunchtime. That's a good time for a museum so you don't have to wait in line mm-hmm. or whatever attraction is because everybody else is at lunch. Now is your chance. They might look at you funny, but do it. Do it, do it, do it. Similarly, if you, another pet peeve that I've seen play out more than a few times is people who really want to see a specific attraction when they're somewhere they're visiting they don't get the tickets in time and then they grouse about it the whole time if there's something you really want buy those advanced tickets as soon as you can do not wait they do sell out and if it's just gonna leave you grumpy and agitated the whole time it's kind of your own doing like the lady that was shocked that they were sold out of tickets to go to alcatraz Mm -hmm. like day of and she needed like a group amount it seemed like yeah and it's like we got those like couple months ahead before we went Mm -hmm. just because they sell out and it's freaking cool yeah and even smaller attractions bigger attractions whatever if it is your priority get on that as early as you can and uh more pet peeves from your own creation is forgetting things that you needed like that toothbrush or your underwear how do you problem solve bring all the underwear Uh i don't know about you they're small they pack up oh not mine when they reach all the way up to your navel and beyond those things take up space also i wear ones with ruffles aren't those like bloomers at no pantalones (laughs) i just think they're ruffled panties i'm thinking like ship sails with ruffles when you said how big they are (laughs) basically Uh, that's how i got my nickname ruffle butt ruffle trash panda It's a great image. Yeah. Little trash panda with roughly underwear. And they're hiked but so high. But on its head because it found it in the garbage can. I was going to say they're pulled up so high it looks like an atomic wedgie, which is even <laughs> oh. more uncomfortable with ruffles. 
<laughs> Apparently, you'd what you know. So Awkward. yeah, in those situations where you've forgotten something necessary, it sucks, and you kind of only have yourself to blame. But you know what resolves that? Just like the previous item on the list, a little forethought. Pack a little earlier than you normally would if you know you're prone to leaving stuff behind. But it's also not the end of the world for certain no. things that we've talked about. So be mad for a moment, get over it. You did it to yourself. You live, you learn, then you get loves with ruffles. Oh, I was gonna say then you get to go to um the drugstore and check out all the neat things they sell wherever you're at it's a fun (laughs) drugstore underwear what could be better oh i meant the toothbrush but (laughs) you're gonna get the extra ruffles oh now i want ruffles the chips oh i just polished off a bag of like the all-dressed canadian ruffles the other day those make me happy i don't know if i've ever had those but i know i don't like the ketchup chips they're not ketchup they're canadian no i know but ketchup chips are canadian yeah but these are like the canadian chips of delightfulness Good to know. Eh? Anyways, another pet peeve is going over the weight limit with your luggage, either accidental or purposefully, and you get called out on it. That's just poor planning. A lot of websites for the airlines will list what they will accept and they'll tell you, hey, we've updated it because of all the overpackers. So now we all suffer. And so for some people, that's a pet peeve because, you know, it's completely accidental. They didn't bring a scale with them. How are they supposed to know they went over the limit? Blah, blah, blah. My pet peeve is when people do that and then bitch at the the check-in desk people about how it's not their fault and you can't charge me and don't take it out on them. You can't say you didn't know. Yeah. You can say you did know, but you can't be mad about it. You had every opportunity to look it up. Like, uh, I don't know what to tell you, folks. Don't take it out on someone who's just doing their job. And remember, other humans have to lug around and toss your luggage onto a plane. So yeah, there's going to be a weight limit on that because once you move really heavy things a few times, your arms turn jelly and then good luck, everybody stuff. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Jelly arms mean weight limits. Mm -hmm, It does. Or the other thing... That's my personal pet peeve is when people know that they've gone over the limit and think they can risk it. And then when they get called out on it, they flip out. Like if you know and you're doing it intentionally, that's even worse. Don't do that. Yeah. Then you're just being obnoxious. Don't do that. Agreed. So our next category is things other people do when you're traveling that are irritating. For instance, that person who comes into a hostel room after quiet hours and wakes everyone up, whether it's because they're being super loud or because they flip on all the lights. Who who raised these people? If they were raised in a barn. Barns don't have lights, I assume. Maybe. Shh. Don't look at me that way. Yeah. (laughs) But like, keep the lights off. Use your phone as a flashlight. Use a flashlight as a flashlight. But but point that flashlight down and not like around everywhere. Don't shine it in people's faces. Yeah, it's just basic courtesy. And I know sometimes these people are just blitzed out of their mind and they don't realize they're doing it. But come on, have a little bit of courtesy. For all you know, the people in the room have to get up in two hours to get to a flight and they just really need the sleep. Speaking about courtesy, how about them people who end up hitting you with their suitcase or bag? backpack because they're not paying attention they're not spatially aware Ugh. i've got issues with people who use the like the rolly suitcase backpacks on like school campuses because they're usually the worst offenders for running you over like your feet over with those and not saying anything and when there's textbooks that's heavy that hurts that's true yeah i think i see this more with people who have overstuffed their backpacks and they move from side to side too quickly and then just swipe people out 
just if you know that you've done this a few times, wear your backpack on your front, especially yeah. in crowded places. All the cool kids are doing it. Yeah, yeah. It's just, it's not fun to get whipped with a backpack. No, especially the really large, super heavy ones. Yeah, that shit will take you down. Or when someone has a rolly case and they bump into your ankle and they hit the tendon, that hurts. That hurts so much. <laughs> so just be spatially aware with your suitcase. I mean, rolling suitcases have gotten better where they're the upright spinners. So you don't, you're not dragging it behind you to potentially run over everybody. But backpacks, you can't just spin around. Mm. You gotta be cautious. Yeah, look and then turn. Mm-hmm. Are you ready for more feet? Oh, we're getting to the feet stuff. This is how we get a page on wiki feet. Oh, <laughs> no. <laughs> But no, really, uh, people who put their feet through the cracks of the seat on airplanes, don't do that. I don't want your feet like by my arms, by my face. No, you keep your feet to yourself. Don't put your feet there. They're not wiping those down and they're gross. Even as someone who doesn't find feet gross, you're not paying for that space. I'm paying for this space. Keep your feet in the space that you are paying for. Also, if you do take your shoes off because it's a long flight, please put something on when you get up to go to the bathrooms. Don't just like suck it to the bathroom because that's gross. I mean, if you want to be gross, you can be gross. I don't care. No, because then they're tracking like even more unnecessary like fill and then they're putting it right by your arm if you're wearing shoes it doesn't matter the issue is when i mean other people can be gross i don't care in the slightest they've got their filthy foot on my armrest and it's been places did i have we talked about the story of the woman who put her feet up on the armrest and the guy just put his arm down on it was that in episode 32 i have no idea i think it's possible recap so i my news feed is always full of travel stories and one of them was man and woman caught in intimate act on airplane and i go oh mile high club gross i bet they got arrested i have to read more of course and the article was about a woman who put her feet up on an armrest and the man in front of her just put his arm down on top of it and was like holding her foot but nobody knew if they knew each other and that was the quote-unquote intimate act that they were caught in that's still weird though it's i hope they knew each other because then it makes it less weird but if these are legitimately strangers it's mm. just a super clickbaity headline well Duh. Oh, I have one more example of a super clickbaity headline, though. This also popped up in my feed. It was that the headline was um, Francis Bean Cobain reveals she's coping with a horrible disease. And you click on it, and apparently she had posted to her Instagram that she had a bad cold. I mean, I cope through bad diseases like the cold, you know, a few right, times the, a year. But the headline made it sound like she had some sort of autoimmune thing that she'd be living with for the rest of her life. But instead, <coughs> she has a cold. I want to be a headline writer. <laughs> it seems like it'd be really easy, to be honest. Yeah, actually, I'm leaving this job, finding a new one. But we digress a lot. Another you, thing. You start this. Shush. Oh, I'm still so mad about that headline. I was like, oh no, what's wrong with Frances Bean Cobain? And they're like, she has a cold. God damn it, internet. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, another pet peeve that you may come across is people who wear too much perfume on planes, trains, or other enclosed spaces. Gross. Or people who wear too much perfume in public. I should not be able to smell you from like three feet away. Yeah, well, especially since on, let's say, a plane, if you do it and six other people decide that they're going to do it as well, suddenly you've got a fruit salad of disgusting scents mixed together. Perfumes do not mix together. It's gross. Not 
to mention the fact that some people may be allergic to elements of whatever's in your perfume. It's just, it's not very considerate for your fellow passengers. No, but I think as a society as a whole, regardless of whether on trains or planes, if they're in buildings and like your perfume is so heavy that like you're gagging on it, you need to wear less. Yeah. This is a common problem. Like wear less of your perfume or cologne it's too much yeah or not just perfume or cologne but aerosol deodorant in Mm. my office they have in some of the bathrooms aerosol deodorant in case you need it and like just other various sundries that you might need during the day and the thing about aerosol deodorant is that you're supposed to apply it 30 minutes before you go do something so if you do it at home by the time you leave it'll have worn off the scent and it'll just be deodorant but if you apply it at work you step out and you're just in a cloud of perfume and it can be a little rough especially since in our guys bathroom we have one type of aerosol deodorant and in the girls bathroom we have a different type and if two people spray and come out oh the cloud it's a lot so definitely do not apply apply your aerosol deodorant on a plane just don't do it uh-uh. yeah there's something about those that they're so heavily perfumed it's it's crazy it's obnoxious yep another pet peeve for planes is people who hog the overhead bins with their oversized bags or the ones that ended up with like 16 bags it's like no 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 all of your stuff doesn't get to go up there that bin is supposed to be for three passengers worth of stuff like main big thing so you either need to tuck it in front or under the seat in front of you or figure it out my bag goes here someone i know just bought a 75 liter bag whoa and i get why and i won't go into the details because I don't want to out anybody as buying a giant bag. But when I was talking to her, I said, oh, so you're going to check it. She goes, no, no, it'll fit in the bin. And I just kind of like ate all of my feelings like, mm-hmm. oh, okay, yes. Don't do that. Don't, don't bring a massive bag. That's like bag. the whole bin. It's the whole bin. And she goes, well, when it's not full, it'll fit. I'm like, well, no, I know it'll fit, but nobody else's will. Yeah, that's, please don't. It's not too late to get another bag, hopefully. I have an e-bags one if you want like you can (laughs) i don't think it'll make it here on time i just don't understand the people that are like oh look my bag fits turn sideways no room for anybody else or they have so much stuff that it's like you know two-thirds of the bin of their stuff and you're like okay well i'm moving this over because mine's gonna live here yeah it when you're on a plane you only pay for a certain portion and that's your seat that's under your seat and that's a third of the bin so mm, i don't love it when people buy big bags and like but it fits like yeah it may fit but it's not nice it's not a cat if it fits it sits but that's not how baggage works on a plane yeah and the thing is is when it's a backpack you're less likely to have it taken away from you and checked it's just not very fair so somebody with a small hard case is getting their bag checked and potentially lost which it's gonna have a slightly well you know provided it makes it it's gonna have a better survival rate with everything else being a hard case versus a backpack being taken but if we all did our part no one would have to worry about that yeah i think if you need a 75 liter bag then it should be a checked suitcase Mm -hmm. i mean there's a time and a place for it where it is appropriate to have as your luggage but you have to think is this appropriate as cash luggage or checked luggage mm-hmm. and then slap a bunch of fragile stickers on it translation for our non-native english speaking listeners fragile is melinda's weird ass way of saying fragile that's not it's from a christmas story the leg lamp the box it came in i've never sat through that entire movie wow i don't even like christmas <laughs> 
Speaking about not liking Christmas, uh, <laughs> those of you that are clipping your nails or painting your nails or plucking your eyebrows or doing any sort of personal grooming on a plane or train, please stop. That is so disgusting. Do you know how gross it is to find someone else's nail clipping somewhere where you're not expecting it? Anything where part of your body can fly into somebody else's space. If there's any takeaway from this episode, it's that your body and your stuff should stay in its space. And when you exit it should all come with you yeah no it's just clipping your nails and plucking your eyebrows there's shrapnel i guess from either (laughs) one and that's really gross to find it's it's way worse than finding someone's like shedded hair on you or something but like finding somebody else's fingernail bits is so gross this just happened to me the other day at work and i'm like that's no it was like a whole claw it was gross and then just painting your nails nail polish does not smell the greatest and yeah you're, you're kind of stuck with that smell on a plane yeah it you may be desensitized to the smell of nail polish but there's a good chunk of the passengers on the plane who will not be and it's not the most pleasant scent no it's not regardless of the polish brand it still has a smell and you're in tight quarters with people so again be respectful don't be the one that everybody wants to punch collectively even if you have like nail clippers that have that casing around it that's supposed to keep the clippings together so you can dump it out all at once stuff still goes flying unpredictably every once in a while don't do that icky uh next on our list is people who feel the need to chide locals over various things that they see as being subpar or inferior to where they're from for instance uh There was recently a topic on a Facebook group about how um, Europe is so dirty because everyone smokes. Oh, okay. Like, uh... Nope. You don't have to like it. You don't. Smoking is kind of gross, and being of the opinion that being surrounded by smoke is gross is not a controversial opinion. What sucks is when you make a point of pointing it out to them. I think you're gross. I think this is gross. Your city is dirty. How dare you do this? You're damaging my health. The locals get to be who they are. You are a guest. And you don't have to like everything about what you see or experience, but you don't get to try to make other people feel bad about it. Very true. Or may they run you out of town with pitchforks and uh, torches. Uh, That seems a little extreme. But another one I hear about... I mean, if you're going to be extreme about it. Another one I hear a lot is people who visit the US who are irate about the tipping system. Oh, like it's too much? Yeah. How am I supposed to know what to tip? You've already charged me X amount. Why should I pay more? Look, is it the perfect system no no but it is the system we have and not tipping just punishes people who don't deserve it yeah so it may not be your favorite thing but you're visiting you don't have to live with it it's temporary yeah you can have these thoughts and you can express them you know to other people but don't make the locals don't try to make the locals feel bad for whatever you see as being wrong but you know what is wrong what people who have to grab the back of your seat when they stand up or the ones who can't like can't figure out whether or not their screen is broken or not so they have to jab at it is this thing on is this thing on oh it drives me nuts the people who jab and jab and jab and jab hit it harder it's not working you know what'll fix it if you give it a good shake like a magic eight ball and hope for a new answer like an etch-a-sketch Ooh, new design yeah (laughs) it's 
I think it's so easy to forget that, hey, there's another person in front of you and grabbing their seat and like wrenching it back, they can notice it. Jabbing your screen, they're going to notice it. Yeah, those things, those seats are paper thin and anything you do to the back of it, someone's going to feel. Remember when you're only pissed off that little Johnny was kicking the back of your seat the whole way? And now there's like, I don't know, 80 year old Richard sitting back there stabbing the back of your seat and he doesn't know why it's not helping. But he also can't get up. So he's just going to grab onto your noggin for support. (laughs) I mean, I get there's not a lot of space between seats and whatnot, but uh, be angry at the right person. It's the airlines because they only need to provide like X amount of space for you to get out in a reasonable time if there's emergencies. So it's them being greedy and wanting more seats. So don't be angry at the person in front of you for being there. Be angry at the airline for being greedy. Well, I once had a guy on a flight make, he made this big show of stretching and standing up, but he couldn't just stand up. He grabbed the back of my seat and jerked it back and he broke it. Like he fully, like my seat was reclined for the rest of the flight. And he kept grousing at me. Oh, you've got to put your seat up. You're ruining my legs. I hurt so much. I'm like, dude, you fucking broke the seat back. I cannot sit it back upright. And I ended up having to move move to another seat during landing because you can't land with a seat in recline. And I was like, I don't know what to tell you. My seat would not be reclined had you not grabbed it and jerked it back because you're so tall that you can't just stand up straight i've never giant been giant fight giant fight i've never been in a situation where i was so tall that i couldn't just stand up if you want to put your hand on the back of the seat and gently ease yourself up sure but you've never needed to grab onto it like it was a safety bar yeah yeah i don't get it like he speaking of giants it was like he just grabbed a tree and ripped it out of the ground i was like oh that's how i'm gonna stand up Richard. That's great problem solving right there. Right? I thought so. Yeah. Don't do that, you guys. Again, you need to be respectful for other people's tiny space that they paid way too much money for. Yeah, nobody's entitled to more than just the space that they paid for. Put your damn feet down. (laughs) And stop poking my seat. I kind of miss just, you know, little Johnny, because then you can at least, like, turn around and, like, glare at them, give them the evil eye till they stop. Yeah. It was so much simpler back then when we all had to watch the same terrible movie. The ye olden days where we all somehow got stuck watching the Santa Claus 2. In September. (laughs) But hey, how about a list of things that people do at home from post-traveling? Travel pet peeves are not exclusive to just when you're traveling. Because sometimes when you're home, there's that one person in your life who says things like, you know, when I travel, I don't really go see the touristy things like you do. I just don't have any desire to see the Eiffel Tower. I want a local experience. I want to live and breathe Paris. Just makes me think of like a really snotty Ariel. Like, I want to be where the people are. Ugh. You know what is, this one just drives me insane because as if there's not already enough elitism in the world, you're now telling people, hey, that famous landmark that you've wanted to see all your life, it's kind of shit. Like, no, don't do that. People want to see what they want to see. And part of traveling is seeing landmarks that are cultural icons. And sometimes doing the touristy thing is just plain old fun. Yeah. Let people have their fun. I mean, it's fine to hate on it if you hate fun. 
one, but I like fun, so bye. <laughs> Go have fun. <laughs> bye, I'm going to see the touristy thing if I really want to. Yeah, not everything is for everyone. You get to pick and choose what you want, and gatekeeping what is and what isn't good travel is just nonsense, because yep. you are not the arbiter of good taste. Which also brings us to, you don't get to tell people it's not worth going there just because you didn't necessarily enjoy it. Yeah, if someone asks you for your opinion and you can state it constructively, fine. But that there's a very fine line there. Don't be the person who, when someone says, hey, I'm going to such and such location, any tips? Replies with, don't go. It's bad. It's stupid. No, what didn't you like? I didn't like going to this place because I thought it would be more about the history of it, but instead it was a two-cent carnival. That would be unusual if you think you're going to a museum and it ends up being a two-cent carnival. Yeah, or something like it wasn't entirely what you expected. Tell them why you didn't like it. You just can't tell them, oh, I went there. It was a waste of time. It's so cliche and cheesy. Don't do it. You're not going to like it. Well, not how that works. Especially since what I see a lot of times is people who are excited to go visit someplace. They booked their trip. They just want a little advice. And you're not actually offering any advice. You're not telling them you're what to see. You're just soul crushing. And that's my job. Soul crushing's your job. Yeah, that sounds about right. But yeah, if you have nothing constructive to add, you don't need to comment unless you are saying I would not go there because here's concrete evidence it's not safe like that's slightly different or it's not as it's advertised it's really run down now yeah probably again not safe too actually but you know what i mean constructive things Mm -hmm. legitimate reasons of why something may not be everything they thought it is especially when it's an entire city you've just decided is garbage (laughs) yes certain activities and things i can justify more but like hey don't go to seattle it's a giant giant rain cloud and it sucks oh is it now i feel like you might be wrong also that's just your opinion man nah seattle's pretty cool I mean, you know, it's really rainy here, but that's part of a charm. We have a rainforest, damn it. This is true. We do indeed. Uh, Next on our list is people who tell you it's unsafe where you're going as if you're a child who doesn't know better. And it's slightly different than what I just said, where someone is saying, hey, this city has an issue with this and I would avoid that, that kind of thing. Whereas a lot of times people say things like, you shouldn't go to Amsterdam. It's so dangerous. Uh, Do you have any more statistics to back that up? anything concrete my uncle's brother's sister's cousin's child went there and they totally got pickpocketed oh well that one instance yep definitely not going to amsterdam then yeah which i feel like that's usually what it is it's just like six degrees of separation from like 10 years ago this one bad thing happened and that's why people shouldn't go there in general they're vaguely aware of one instance where something went wrong like a lot of people will say oh solo female travelers absolutely should never ever go to India. Yeah, but people do it all the time. Yeah. I mean, listen to our past adventures. We've had some misadventures, but I wouldn't tell you not to go someplace if you, you know, just like, hey, so you know, best to stop running and then you can get yourself in a tricky situation. Yeah. Just be aware. Uh, Don't presume that anyone is incapable of handling themselves, I guess. If you want to offer advice, Go for it, but don't shut someone down and be like, oh, you can't do that. That's so dangerous. I almost cried there. 
you can't go. Um, another pet peeve is people who tell you things like, you know, I would really love to travel, but I have bills to pay and I have kids and I just have responsibilities and I feel like it's not it's I could never do it because you know it's kids. so selfish yeah it's so selfish I just I need to be here and available and present wrong I have bills I pay my bills I have responsibilities I have two little fur balls one and a half fur balls that I have to look out for and feed you have half a fur ball that that concerns me a little bit well I have my cat and then you know I feel partly responsible for Allie's <laughs> well-being too. Just want to make sure that it's not half a cat. Ooh, today we are practicing being picked up just in case we ever need to. Huh? Allie's a little chicken and I'm not her human. We've come a long ways, okay? She sort of lets me pick her up without freaking out too bad. <laughs> But there's, I feel like, gosh, when I first started traveling, especially for my first trip, one of my coworkers approached me. She goes, oh, you're going to New Zealand. That's so exciting. I'd love to do that. But like, I, I have responsibilities. I was like, bitch, so do I. Everybody has responsibilities. Like, we are not trust fund kids who get a jet around the world. But you prioritize and you plan and you make it work. If you want it, you want it. You clearly don't want it because you're making up invalid excuses as to why you can't do it. Or just because it scares you doesn't mean you gotta like guilt someone into why they do it you know what? or for traveling yeah and then oh this one oh i hate this people who tell you you can travel more if you stop eating takeout or shopping or whatever they see as being excess in your life as if they know what your budget is p.s you don't you don't everybody's budget is different you don't know what their costs are you don't know what they're spending you can't tell someone you can afford this without knowing their entire financial portfolio yeah just because they get lattes and maybe they have to buy their lunch every day at work doesn't mean they can't travel or they should be traveling more if they cut back on that yeah i had two coworkers who worked in the same department and they both were friends with me but not friends with each other and one of them had was a single mother with two children and those children were very very active in after school extracurriculars so she was basically busy from 7 a.m till 11 p.m every day always and so she bought herself lunch every day and this other coworker kept talking shit about her I'm like well if she would just stop buying lunch she could take that trip to ireland that she's always been talking about like, you don't know that like like very much so when you have children buying lunch every day is hardly the biggest expense on your plate mm, how about those braces coming up and i said to this coworker, congratulations that you just managed to afford a trip to italy but you managed that solo it was just pain for you this other coworker wants to go with her and her children, which it was either two or three at the time. I think she now has three kids. That's so much more expensive than one person. You cannot yes, say without looking at her bank and knowing what she spends her money on that she can afford this and shitting on her because you think she should be able to afford it. It's not going to make her feel any better. It's not going to motivate her any. Because even as you're saving for your travels, whether it's just for you to go or it's for you and your family to go, you still got to eat one way or another. So it doesn't really matter where the food comes from. You're still spending money on it. Moose and his squeaky toy agrees. <laughs> Yeah, so I think it should serve as a word of caution. It's really easy to say, here's how you could afford it, but you don't 
know. You don't know what yeah. their bills look like. So the kinder, more courteous thing to do is not to make any assumptions. And maybe somebody is like, they've got a coffee maker curse where it always breaks down on them. So buying that latte on their way into work is a way better method than constantly buying new coffee makers. Yeah, and there's no doubt that making things for yourself is cheaper, but you can't assume that they have the time or the resources. A coffee maker is an investment. I, I I know it comes from a good place. You're trying to say, hey, let me help you. But what it comes across as is, I know better than you. Yeah. I mean, to be able to get them the, hey, let's help you. Again, you, you would have to like sit down with your financial you know, portfolio and go over things. And it's like, okay, well, we legitimately can cut down on this because you're actually a hoarder, Karen. <laughs> and you don't need 60 pairs of shoes. So stop buying shoes. You know what I mean? Like you would actually have to take a look into them and who they are and everything you don't just get an outside judge yeah and it's really easy to armchair financial analyze people but if you're not actually a financial analyst maybe don't do that or a financial advisor not an analyst that's different but yeah so don't be that obnoxious person while traveling or at home yeah don't do it and eliminate the things where you can be your own worst pet peeve by planning yeah. ahead also line waiting in line is just kind of fact of life if you go to london and you did not stand in a queue you did not london right <laughs> Just saying. So, tip of the week? That's you, my dear. Okay, I didn't know if you were ready for that or if you wanted to add <laughs> anything else on. Nope, that's you. Hit me. Hit me with the tip. Tip of the week. Despite what you might be feeling or thinking, you're not too old to do what you love, what you're interested in, or anything. If you are like 75 years old, but you still want to go to that punk rock show in Kenya, then you do it. <laughs> Don't worry if you're the oldest person in the crowd. I guarantee they're probably going to think you're the coolest person in the world. Especially if you flew all the way to Kenya. It just sounded like a cool idea. I don't know. <laughs> I'd go to a punk show in Kenya. That sounds awesome. Right? I thought so too. Let's get marketing this. But yeah, you're you're never too old to do what you're interested in and what you like. Don't let anything hold you back like that. You know, health notwithstanding. Yeah. If it's a medical issue, then, you know, use good judgment. But maybe don't go into the mosh pit a week after a hip replacement. Don't they want you up and moving? Not immediately. <laughs> Not like that. <laughs> too no, aggressive. So. Slightly too aggressive. But yeah, maybe. Use good judgment, but you're not too old to attend. Maybe you're further back from everybody, but you could still be there and it still counts. You don't have to be in the middle of it. Oh, sounds like good advice to me. I know. I'm good at this sometimes. I mean, you're taking a lot of credit for a tip that you've already used twice, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> but they've only heard it once because it's episode 322. 322. I think that one came out better than the first one. Maybe. The world will never know. <laughs> <laughs> Basically. So I'm sorry and you're welcome. I'm sorry and you're welcome. Okay. Yeah. Well, I think that brings us to the end of episode 322. You can't see, but Melinda just did a little dance. Yep. Uh, join us next week for more travel delightfulness. We're starting to think that maybe once a month we'll have like travel destination ideas that could be centered around things to do specifically in that month like we did for our Halloween episode but like earlier so you could probably go do it if you wanted to you know that hindsight thing's 2020 yeah so, you know um if you like that if you have ideas of things that you want us to talk about drop us a line we'll tell you all about that at the end as usual there's yeah. a headless puppy on my screen right now yeah moose has kind of crawled into my lap because he wants to lick my hand which is weird and unsettling he just wants to be a part of the show oh. if only he knew how much he was a part of the show <laughs> and then we took him out because it was like trill barking yeah well 
You're welcome, everybody in your earballs. <laughs> oh, hello. Hello, Moose. Oh, there's his face. <gasps> Who's a cute boy? Yeah, you are. Kind of a turd. But very cute. And I just realized I was talking on the other side of his face, which is between me and the microphone. Moose. Oops. Nose boop. But yeah, um, hopefully you like that idea. We kind of like that idea. So you're stuck with it. Yeah. <laughs> Join us next week for more uh, travel adventure things. And remember, it's an adventure. So uh, try not to annoy everyone or let everyone annoy you. Be kind to each other. Yeah, that too. Or else. Okay, bye. Bye. Hi, everybody. Thank you for listening to another episode of Seattle to Unknown. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and leave a rating on whatever platform you are listening to us on. If you're interested in following us, look us up on Twitter, Instagram, and Pinterest. We're on all three platforms as at C to Unknown. That's S-E-A-T-O Unknown. Or you can jump right onto our website, www.c2unknown.com. I'm on Twitter and Instagram as at S-A-R underscore S, and Melinda is on both as at Hooligan Monster. If you have any travel stories or tips you want to share with us, please reach out to us at our email, which is c2unknown at gmail.com. Thank you, and we hope to see you back here next week. Bye.